America's democracy hangs in the balance. While you're tuned into politics, Greer McVay, host of the Capital G podcast, will help you make sense of the news of the day and more importantly, understand how what goes on in our nation's capital is important to you and your family. Greer shares insights and opinions in the lead up to the election, and then will help guide you through the anticipated aftermath and into the next administration. That's politics with a capital G. Hello, and welcome to the Capital G Podcast. I'm your host, Greer McVeigh. We have had a lot of big news in the last um, couple of days. Interestingly, as I'm working on a whole other podcast or a whole other uh, episode with other content, big news broke, and I'm going to break into my normally scheduled podcast to bring you the big news. I'll touch on some of the things that I'm also working on and uh, we'll make this quick. Okay. How about that? Uh, First, let's start with today's big numbers. Uh, The one big number is 11. Well, you know what? I'm going to get back to that. Uh, Coronavirus is on the rise because of the Delta variant. Hopefully you guys all know that. Um, So the, uh, One big number is on August 10th, there were 161,990 new cases of coronavirus in the United States. That number had dropped so low and then now it's like skyrocketing. Some places are really, really hot spots and we got to get that under control. Vaccination is what's going to do it. Uh, The seven day average, 118,067. That's the seven day average. So again, the numbers are going up. We had gotten down in the like thousands. <laughs> we got down really low and now it's skyrocketing. To date, we've had 615,778 deaths. That's the total deaths. The good news is that the number of deaths are declining while obviously 615,000 deaths is huge. Um, A lot of the people now getting the coronavirus, because they're vaccinated, they're still, they're the breakthrough cases. Um, Some people were not fully vaccinated and so forth. A lot of people are not dying, not as many people are dying because they do have some inoculation against the vac- against the, the uh, virus, but the Delta variant is, is obviously much stronger, more powerful, it's spreading more quickly. And we just need, at the end of the day, people just need to get vaccinated. And all the people that are talking about, oh my God, but I don't know, and I don't, you know, you just have a better chance with a vaccine that you don't know about. We'll talk about vaccine some other time, but just do it, okay. That's all I'm going to say. I don't want to preach about that. The other big number, which is uh, the, the you know big breaking news, is 11, and 11 is the number of women who came forward to file complaints against um, Governor Andrew Cuomo. That has happened over a period of time, and it led to his news today, which I'll let him tell you. 
this is one of the most challenging times for government in a generation. Government really needs to function today. Government needs to perform. It is a matter of life and death, government operations. And wasting energy on distractions is the last thing that state government should be doing. And I cannot be the cause of that. New York tough means New York loving. And I love New York. And I love you. And everything I have ever done has been motivated by that love. And I would never want to be unhelpful in any way. And I think that given the circumstances, the best way I can help now is if I step aside and let government get back to governing. And therefore, that's what I'll do. Because I work for you. And doing the right thing is doing the right thing for you. Because as we say, it's not about me. It's about we. Kathy Hochul, my lieutenant governor, is smart and competent. This transition must be seamless. We have a lot going on. I'm very worried about the Delta variant. And so should you be. But she can come up to speed quickly and my resignation will be effective in 14 days. 14 days. So two weeks we're going to have, or New York is going to have its first woman governor. Great for her. Uh, you know, it's probably just as well the Governor Cuomo stepped down. This came after, um, again, you may or may not know, but a lengthy investigation uh, back, well, it sort of all of this started and cases were coming out and people started, women in particular, started reporting, um, filing claims and reporting that he had been sexually abusive, sexual assault, sexual harassment, and really more as harassment making comments and things that are unwelcome. Um, there were a couple of people that that in the investigation, so he, let me back up, Governor Cuomo himself was like, go ahead and do an investigation. Like he's gonna just challenge everything. You know what, fine, you look into it. And if I'm found, you know, if you find something then we'll deal with it. If you don't, because I'm confident I didn't do anything, then we can all move on. Well. Tish James, Letitia James, who uh, uh, is the um, what is she? She's the she's the attorney, the district attorney. Um, she was she was like, all right. She got an independent body to do the investigation. The independent body was like, yeah, you're guilty. So they came back a week ago with their findings. I think it might have been. 10 days. I'm not sure the exact number of days, but they came back with their findings and they're like, yeah, we found 11 incidents or 11 cases, not incidents. There's 11 cases, 11 people who came forward with their reports. But in addition to the sexual harassment and a couple of sexual assaults, meaning that he physically touched someone, he groped one woman's butt, he um, 
you know, put his hands on somebody else. So in addition to the unwanted touches, that's assault. That's a different thing. And that can be criminal. And now someone has filed criminal charges. Um, but there's also a lot of reporting about him creating a hostile workplace and a hostile environment with that's abusive and, and all these other things. And all of his support. So once the report came back, the people who had been supporting him or had been waiting, they were like, you know, they just they couldn't hold on anymore. The state, uh, the the state Congress, um, everybody was like, you need to step down. Even the president of the United States was like, you know, it just it was politically untenable for him to stay in the position. And then the Democrat, the Democratic led state Congress was actually going to um, uh, impeach him. So rather than to be impeached and then his like chief of staff resigned and his PR person resigned, there was just nobody left to sort of defend him. And it was just like, okay, gotta go. It's, it's interesting as I talk to a lot of my friends and we're sort of old school, I'm not gonna name anybody, um, but we're just sort of old school. We're like, you know, so what? He's a little handsy or he's a little, you know, whatever. He made somewhat of some comment. And it's easy, it, it's easy for us to sort of dismiss it as, you know, boys will be boys or that's just the way it is. What the younger generation is teaching us, sort of more old school people, is that that isn't the way it has to be. Yeah, it is the way it is. It is the way it has been. But you should be allowed to go to work and not be sexually assaulted, sexually, uh, you know, abused, um, disrespected. You shouldn't be touched. You shouldn't uh, be retaliated against. And the report did show that there was at least one instance of retaliation for because someone had come forward. So he had to go, and we're all learning some lessons part of his his justification is i never crossed the line you know i didn't realize that people were offended and which begs the question well maybe you didn't cross the line but whose line did you not cross right who gets to establish where the line is that is really the fundamental question it's who gets to draw the line and in so much of our world, in so much of our public life and when the ways we interact with one another, you know, there are lines, there are boundaries. And who gets to who gets to pick those boundaries? You, the individual, the other person doing the thing. If they don't know where the line is or the boundary is, then what what is our agreed upon standard of where the boundaries are? And the agreed upon standard obviously is changing. You know, this is not Mad Men. And, you know, apparently you don't get to, you know, stand in an elevator and brush up against your, your you know, secret servant, your police detail and, you know, or get to go to people and talk about their sex life and what positions, all that. So anyway, Cuomo's going to be out. Uh, Kathy... Holcomb, I think is her name, is going to be the new governor. And if you didn't see Rachel Maddow on uh, August 
10th. What was that? I think that was that, that was Tuesday in her A block. She did this whole thing sort of about how um, this Kathy Holcomb got. Is that her name? That's not her name. Hokel. I think that's her name. How she got to be sort of the path that she took to get to be governor. Uh, you know, now she's you know, she will be the interim governor or the gov she will be the governor finishing out Cuomo's term and maybe she'll run and maybe she won't for, you know, in their next election. Um, but basically how Tish James and, and uh, this lady, why can I not think of her name? Uh, I just want to make sure I get her name right. Hochul, H-O-C-H-U-L, Hochul, Hochul, Kathy Hochul. So, how, what their paths were. And there was a, and Rachel just sort of went over for the past, I don't know, 20 years or so, of the succession of men who have been uh, impeached and resigned and disgraced and run out of town and run out of, you know, between the, the, the governor's office, the lieutenant governor's office, the DA's office, the, uh, um, the attorney general, all of them. Person after person after person, the women have had unblemished records, have done amazing work, have brought people to justice and all of that. The men are like in there bullying people, sexually harassing people, diddling around with with little girls, little boys, young men, young women, uh, abusing their power, not doing the people's business. They keep getting elected and the women just sort of are there sort of picking up the pieces, but doing the a yeoman's work. We need to change that. So that's 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 all I'm going to say about that. Anyway, so in two weeks, New York is going to have a new um, governor. And and I and I say this because. um well, New York, a lot of people are like, why do I care about New York? Well, New York is the um, the uh, the financial center, you know, of the world, basically, <laughs> right? <coughs> it is one of the most populous states. It is a... Um, uh, It is a um, Democratic-run state, and so much comes out of it. And by the way, uh, Tish, James, Tish James, she calls herself Tish, um, but Letitia James is the New York State Attorney General, so I don't know why I'm having trouble with that. Anyway, um, the State Attorney General, she's not a DA. I knew she wasn't a DA. I just couldn't get New York Attorney General out of my mouth. Um, so we got a governor and an attorney general of one of the most populous states, one of the richest states, and a liberal state, which is going to be interesting because um, as Cuomo's on his way out and that the power structure that he brought with him, things are going to shift. And we'll see, you know, we've got to wait and see how things turn out. So anyway, what I had been working on was all this business about Trump the uh, the um, 
the insurrection, the the investigation. Now there's a, a, a committee that's doing that investigation. Another Republican has been added. So there are now three Republicans added on the committee. One is more in an, in an advisory role, and the other two that are sitting members on the commission. On the it's not a commission, but it's a committee. It's a special. It's a select committee that's investigating that. It is becoming clearer as other. Uh, reporting is being done, it is becoming clearer by the day that um, Donald Trump is guilty. There's this whole cabal that worked together in the shadows to undermine the election results. And uh, um, uh, and it I believe that they're going to get caught. I think Tish James in New York is on the job with some of the stuff that Trump is doing or has done some of his business dealings and all of that. They're on the job in Georgia with, you know, his just find me 11, what was it? 11,780 votes. That's all I need. And other, other details are coming to light. Um, so I I can't wait. Um, I can't wait to hear to to hear for I can't wait for more to come through. So anyway, what one of the things that came out though this week, and I just want to talk about this a little bit, and then again, I will pick this up when we all have more time to, to go into it a little more deeply. But acting attorney general Jeffrey Rosen, um testified in front of a House committee on some things that took place right before the insurrection or during that time. What we know is that William Barr apparently was aware of a planned coup, for lack of a better term, but he was aware of it. He didn't want to have any parts of it. He stepped down. Rather than to say, hmm, let me use my power and do something. He sort of kind of said, you know, well, there's no evidence that there's been anything. And Trump pushed, pushed, pushed. Finally, he was like, you know what? I'm out. I've done all this stuff for this man. This is a bridge too far. I'm out. Jeffrey Rosen then became the acting attorney general because at that point, nobody, there was no time or desire to put him into, um, to put him into uh, that power, that that uh, to make it permanent, like to go through the confirmation process, that wasn't going to happen. So he's the acting, which Donald Trump had a lot of acting people because it's hard to hold people accountable. And it was like, well, he was just acting and he didn't know and he, can't, you know, whatever. So, um, but at some point, so they wanted Rosen to do some dirty work, basically to say, hey, just and you know Trump is reported to have said in a meeting where they were somebody took notes and one of the notes was like all i need from you is for you to say that there's an investigation i'll do the rest me and some republican congressmen will do the rest well that's that is a smoking gun so that came to light. Rosen gets questioned. In Rosen's, in the questioning of him, 
he revealed that Jeffrey Clark, who was a lawyer with DOJ, who's just a career person, nobody really thought much of him. I mean, they didn't think anything, they didn't think about him. They didn't think good or bad for the most part. He was just like one of those hardworking kind of in the background people, but apparently he had been corrupted by the Trump machine. He was willing to do the dirty work. So Clark, Jeffrey Clark and Trump and others were conspiring on how to get rid of Jeffrey Rosen. But one of the things that Jeffrey Clark had done was written a letter to uh, basically to say, yes, we're doing investigations. And, you know, so he's part of whatever this effort was to overturn the government. They're going to get rid of Rosen in order to do it. But Rosen hunkered down with his deputies and his team. They pushed back. They said, if Trump moves forward with whatever, they would all resign on mass, which obviously would look bad for Trump. And then at the end of the day, they, he didn't get rid of Rosen. Clark never did send the letter, but now the letter has been made public. So this, now that the story is starting to take shape, well, it took shape a long time ago, but now that the public, it's starting to be public, more is people are going to put the pieces together in such a way that the narrative can be easily explained to people. And again, as the investigation unfolds, all the people who had a role in it are going, that's all going to come to light. So that's sort of where we are with Trump. Again, I'll be back because I'm trying to get through this today. Um, but I do want to say on a good note, the Senate has passed both of the infrastructure bills. As if you recall, the bigger infrastructure bill was broken into two parts. One part was more the hard infrastructure, roads, bridges, highways, airports, that kind of thing. Um, some broadband, I think, was in there. And the other was what they're calling soft infrastructure, which is more helping people and, and the stuff we need for people to be able to go to work and move forward. Both of those have now passed the Senate. They will... Um, the House will take them up. Nancy's in charge of that. And so we'll talk, we'll be talking more about that. But it, you know, we got to leave it to Nancy to bring the ball over the finish line. So um, again, big things that are coming up, but we will see, you know, we're already, the Biden administration already has bills or money out the door and people are getting regular paycheck, regular extra checks for child care and child expenses, part of the, the, um, uh, the the child tax credit that basically you're getting in advance, um, the just all the all kinds of money has gone out the door. I haven't gotten any of it, but you know whatever. It helps some people. It helps the economy. The jobs are being added. Jobs are coming back online. I think we had almost nine hundred thousand uh, new jobs in the last month. The last reporting. So things are humming along. If we could get this coronavirus under control, I think we'd be doing a little bit better. So I will talk to you guys soon. Again, this is Greer, the Capital G podcast host. This has been Politics with the Capital G. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Capital G. As always, you can find show and host information at capitalgpodcast.com. 
and even more information and commentary on the Capital G blog, which you can also access through capitalgpodcast.com. If you liked what you heard, please share the show with your friends and subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast platform. Thank you.